Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now's the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9, I believe it is, of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Yes, it is indeed episode I'm Tyler Shibish, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Joe Will, and Matt Nash, who is not esteemed. Yeah, no, I mean you're esteemed to me. Anyway... That's all that matters. We're back another week. We made another week. It's daylight savings time now. It's really dark outside all of a sudden. It's spooky, is, man. I mean, I looked yeah, up. Yeah, we had uh, like, Halloween, spooky yeah. season, and now it's just completely spooky in general. I, Halloween. I looked Hashtag up too spooky. at like 4 p.m. today, and it was pitch black outside, and I was like, this is You woke up at 4 p.m.? I looked up. I looked up. <laughs> I was like, wow. He's a night owl, man. Give me don't, some don't credit. Judge. Don't judge. Uh, apparently. Give me some credit. I woke up at like 1. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to make that Alabama joke football. Too. It's a bye week this week. We don't actually have anything to look forward to. Sad. Yeah, we were talking about this beforehand. It's weird how fast this week's gone by. You know, it's already Thursday, it, and w- it's not even a game week. Yeah, it, it really doesn't like, feel like it. I mean, like, it, it genuinely does not feel like it's Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow's yeah. Friday. Well, for us, well, it is. For for the viewers, I don't know what day it is. We're not sure what day it is. Exactly. It's whenever. I've been watching election stuff not to get political but i'm just saying that's been my sport this week i've just kind of been like looking at the numbers like yeah. it's a game going back and forth yeah it doesn't matter who like you're going for it's definitely interesting to watch for yes sure. it's very interesting to watch but there are things that are also interesting to watch such as clemson versus notre dame this weekend without that's trevor lawrence without trevor lawrence now if this is going to be a litmus test for how good notre dame actually is mm-hmm. or for how good uh, DJ, what's his, what's his last name? Ugalele. Oh. <laughs> I'm going something to, like that. Should have pra- practiced that before the show. We Dang it, should have. But that guy, dude. I I used to live out in the Marshall Islands, out in the Pacific mm-hmm. Ocean. I love Islander people. They're so awesome. They're good people. And now they've got a representative at quarterback. Where is he? I mean, is he from? He's. I think he's Samoan. Samoan. Okay. Yeah, he is. And actually, I'm writing an article. Um, for the Tide 100.9, just kind of comparing and contrasting him to Tua. Quick shout out. And they're, yeah, quick Name plug. Up. They're very, uh, very similar. You know, both guys came in highly recruited. Um, Tua actually uh, lived in Hawaii, whereas uh, DJ lived in California, I believe. And I mean, their play style is very different. Uh, DJ is more of a pro style quarterback because he's, he's a bigger guy. He's 6'4, 250. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, he like, was the top. Um, Pro-style quarterback for the 2020 class, actually, whereas Tua was the top dual-threat quarterback. He actually dropped. Oh, yeah, because Bryce Young. Because uh, I remember Bryce Young being the number two quarterback going into the class, and then I was talking with one of my friends, and I was like, oh, yeah, Bryce Young is only the second-best quarterback. This guy's better. And then he looked, and then DJ had dropped to, like, 20th yeah. on the rankings, and Bryce Young was the number well, one quarterback. Sorry, 20th overall, not 20th quarterback. It he really, was the number two quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It really just depends on what you want. Honestly, this is going to sound bad. But I'd probably rather have a quarterback like DJ just because as talented as Bryce is, it really makes me nervous about his size. Obviously, he's got plenty of time to yeah. you know, pack on the weight. And, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're worried about you know size and whatnot. 
because that is a big thing. We love Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we, all, we, we love Tua. Size Tua's a little bit smaller, but that's just his style. Yeah. Um, how's Bryce's arm? Because that's one thing that I, I he like. He threw dimes. Oh, he throws oh, no, no, dimes. He's got I'm a rocket arm. Yeah, power. he has a so good power. Yeah, he's got he's power. Fine. I mean, like, if you, like, because the, the good thing about being a guy that went to a premier program like Bryce Young did. Yeah, modern day. Means that you've got big, tall offensive linemen. Yep. And... When you've got big, tall offensive linemen in high school, which most people don't have, you learn how to throw over them. Yeah. And it's the same thing that Tua had. It's the same thing that Drew Brees had. It's the same thing yeah. that Russell Wilson had. Well, you learn how to throw well, over those big old Bryce linemen Bryce is smaller than both Tua and Brees, but if he can... If he's got a rocket arm and yeah, it, can it doesn't matter. I mean, look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, like, yeah, exactly. Kyler Murray. He's, he's the blueprint. He's pretty now. bulky though. He's the blueprint for sure. I mean, but yeah, that's with NFL conditioning though. Yeah, he wasn't like nearly as bulky in college. Uh, and I think that what what are you the, talking about? You never seen that picture of him? It's like you don't know. It's like the bow picture, but it's him with like the pads on. Well, okay, and sorry, he he might be bulkier than Bryce Young, but. But, I don't know but, freshman year Kyler Murray how he looked in like Texas. I mean, yeah, freshman, freshman year Kyler Murray was a backup on at Texas what, Tech. Right? Uh, yeah, Texas Tex, Tech. Texas A&M actually. Was, was it, it A&M? A&M? Yeah, was A&M. He was backup to Kellen Mond then, right? Or was mm, it pre Kellen Mond? I can't remember who the quarterback was, uh, but Kyler Murray was like really recent. No, that was it was in between. There was a um, weird like buffer yeah. period. Personally though, I think that height at a quarterback is one of those things that's kind of overrated nowadays kind of yeah you throw that out the window because if yeah. you have athleticism you have lots of shorter quarterbacks now that are showing that you don't need to be six yeah. five i mean arguably the best quarterback of all time he'll probably land at number two but drew Brees was six foot tall and that was like the big question for him coming out yeah. of college was yeah again you said that bryce young's a little bit smaller than him but you have shorter quarterbacks that are yeah you know i'm like it was proving it? that they can play i mean you've got what is it but the top three guys, though, Drew Brees, yes, but that's his laser dot accuracy. You've got Peyton Manning, who's what, 6'5? Tom Brady, who's and like Tom six Brady, three. who's. You know, that's six. your top three all time. I think oh, it's Joe Montana. Brady, Brady, Brees, Manning, in my mind. But I, I mean, know it's recency bias. It's just they throw more nowadays. So I, I mean, have to put them there. I had Montana. What about as, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, you just. I had Montana like as overall my, right now. Like historic, legacy wise. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could point. see Mahomes maybe getting up there one day, but. He hasn't done enough now to be. Yeah, able. I don't want to jump the gun on that. I mean, my thing is like Montana was my goat. Brady took that over, so it's Brady, Montana, Peyton, because I'm a Broncos fan and recency bias. Yeah, and I, then Breeze after that. I think Breeze has had a better career than Peyton Manning, like statistic wise. So. I yeah. think I mean, yeah. Tom Brady Tom is the most successful quarterback of all time, but I don't think he's the best. Well, I know. That, don't you see the breaking news every week where he takes the lead of passing touchdowns all time from Drew Brees, and then Drew Brees will take it right back next game. Yeah. And it always like scrolls across the bottom of ESPN. And it's like breaking news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I just feel like yeah. if you gave, if you switch switch positions, you know, you put Drew Brees in um, New England and you put Brady in New Orleans, it would you know be pretty similar. In fact, I feel like they might even have more Super Bowls just because if you know if I'm taking both guys in their prime, I'm I'm taking Drew Brees. You know, on just removing Brady from Belichick and the Patriots system. So oh, that's fair. But back to the conversation at yeah, hand. Clemson is Notre Clemson Dame. Notre Dame. It's gonna be <laughs> like a side tangent there. It's gonna be a big test of whether or not Clemson is as good without um Trevor Lawrence, which I mean we can probably say that they are, but Boston College gave them a run for their money with Phil well, Jerkoff. So yeah, the, the biggest thing I think that people aren't talking about is they're actually missing three defensive starters as well. 
I have it pulled up right here. Uh, defensive tackle Tyler Davis, linebacker James Golaski, I think is how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And linebacker Mike Jones Jr. And if you saw last week on the ground is kind of what killed them. And these are three of their big run stuffers. Notre Dame always has their a good offensive line. line and yeah. they've been pretty solid on the ground this year too. So I yeah. think if Clemson loses, it's not going to be because of going to be because of their quarterback play. It's going to be because of their defense getting gashed by Notre Dame's like big bulky offensive linemen. I'll tell you right now, if there's any quarterback that doesn't start in college football that I believe in, it would be DJ Uyangalele. Cause I just looked it up. That's that was pretty that. smooth. Yeah. Good. I would absolutely believe that you know DJ would be the yeah. guy that I, is probably you know I'm taking him over Ian Book and Ian Book's been at Notre Dame <laughs> yeah. for like 15 years. I just who's that every year it's Ian Book. Who's that big Notre Dame receiver? There's one really big receiver that they just stick outside and occasionally they just Were throw. A, thinking of Chase Claypool? No, 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 no from this year. Yeah, there's there's one big guy from this year. They Williams, just stick outside and occasionally they just throw Williams. up a, a jump ball to him and he'll just grab it over somebody. Even if it's not a good pass, know. he'll just grab it. Ooh, actually though, that does have me thinking a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to bring up a point that you brought up last week, Matt. This is completely unrelated to Notre Dame and Put Clemson, you on spot. but it's about Alabama. We have a bye week, so I'm going to talk about Alabama. Yeah. But you said Bet. that when Jalen Waddle got hurt, Mac lost his jump ball guy. Yes. But then this last week, he threw plenty of jump balls to just spread it out to his other receivers. It seemed like he threw more jump them. balls. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was Which just kind of funny because every time he threw a jump ball, it just made me think of you going like, oh, he lost his guy. And I then mean, he threw him to Devontae Smith or yeah. John Mechie instead. Yeah. I mean, it's like the fact that he's throwing more jump balls his jump balls previously were on accident because we would just overthrow Jalen Waddle and Waddle would go up and make a play on it. And then yeah. all of a sudden he didn't overthrow the guy. Um, I'm not really worried about Mac as much because he, Mac Jones plays better when there's adversity. And when you're playing against who do you play? Mississippi, Mississippi state, right? Yeah. There was, there's yeah. no adversity when you're playing worst Mississippi game state. of the year against the worst team of the year that we've played. Probably he, he rises the challenge, but he has to get popped in the mouth first. He's yeah. got to throw an early interception. He's got to get stopped a bunch. He's got to see himself down. He's like, what was it? Secretariat, you know, can't race from the front. Always has to race from behind. Yeah. And that just, that feels like Mac Jones to me, which could bite us in the butt. You know, if our defense doesn't continue to get better, because it played well this yeah. week, but you know we're going against KJ Costello and Mike Leach, who turned away half of his players, and one of his players has just gone missing. <laughs> yeah, I want to. You know, we're talking about Mississippi State. Yeah. I want to talk about Kylan Hill and why he just decides to opt out of Mississippi mm-hmm. State and just essentially give up on the team. He basically quit on him. He did, and he's their best player. Yeah, he I- was the one that basically disappeared. Like he just said. I'm gone, and then Mississippi State still refuses to say what he's doing. Like, I don't think he can afford thing. to opt out, too. He's, I mean, with all the great running backs in college football, I mean, he's a, he's a solid running back. But for somebody um, who's competing with Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, uh, a couple other big-name guys, Chuba Hubbard, mm-hmm. you know, he's he needs all the you know film he, he can get, I mean, to get his name up there with those guys. And yeah. regardless of, you know, how bad the team is around him, um, it's gonna sound bad. He could he could have really, you know, upped his stats this year. I mean when I mean, he, he played put up, he put up he, well. Like in the first game, he put up killer numbers. If I remember he put up like over two hundred scrimmage yards and like three touchdowns, right? Yeah. I just think it, you know, boils down Wait, to first game for Mississippi State. Yeah, against LSU. LSU. Oh yeah. yeah. I, but rushing yards he had like six total. Oh, yeah. They were yeah, all but, off of yeah, but I mean, but still like yeah, it's, yeah, no. it's essentially just running the ball from the other side of the field. No, I think good. it just boils down to his relationship with Mike Leach, who we, you know, yeah. saw there was those issues 
he's summer. Yeah, he's rubbed a lot of guys and the wrong way. I think Mike Leach has just said, you know, to hell with it. I want guys in here. He's basically resetting the whole program. You know, mm-hmm. he wants his guys in there that you know believe yeah. in his uh, coaching style. And you know, or sometimes will, yeah. that's a tough pill to swallow. You got to get well, rid of some of your tougher athletes. But actually, I I did kind of want to talk about Mike Leach as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you guys think it's already time to? Pull the plug on the no. Mike Leach. No, no, the, no the wait, it's year one experience. But no, no, I his think offense just watching it is so bad. Yeah, but I mean, let him get his own guys in. Let's there. say it's it's Mike Leach running with KJ Costello. But it, Mike <laughs> Leach calls the plays right, and his play design is just awful. I mean, was it? It's worked everywhere else he's been because he had played in the Pac-12 where they didn't have defenses like the SEC. Well, but the well, how is our how are the SEC defenses been this year? So they're playing better offenses as well. I mean, well, yes, but like, it's just his offense is going to but, look janky when you've got a new thing. You don't have spring training. You don't have yeah. a bunch of time to get it set up. You know, guys are like, "What's my route again?" Because yeah, was it, was it? There's like their wide receiver three is their wide receiver one right now yeah. because they lost. I think their other two top wide receivers. I mean, so the guys that were getting all the reps at practice are now not there, and you've got to get the bench guys <laughs> in. Yeah, maybe it is on KJ Costello as well. Like watching him, he seemed just. Adverse He's to throwing awful. anything that wasn't a check down all game. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that people kind of know how the Mike Leach offense is going to run. And I think that when you have, when you don't have offensive players that are just going to out athletic the defense, like in the SEC, the defense is going to be just as good as the offense. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work as well. I mean, I think you need to give him at least another year or two. Like, which is, you know, it's hard to say, but, you know, you need to give him like another year or two. But like, if you pull the plug on him, you almost have to, Make the argument that you're trying to pull the plug on Lane Kiffin already because they're you know, they're doing all right, but they're not yeah. they're not winning games but now. But you have to take time to build up, you know, the these teams and yeah. you know, build up and get the players you want so you can run the system you want and get it instilled in these guys. I think the difference though is that Kiffin's look competitive in a lot of his games. That and is true. Mississippi State outside of LSU has not really looked competitive. Didn't they put up two points in one of their games? And I I would counter that with the point that the offense of Ole Miss. Mm-hmm before they had Lane Kiffin, was very similar to the way that Lane Kiffin runs an offense. And, like, his system is not too far off from what those guys are. It's a quarterback who just slings the ball around a bunch of receivers. Yeah. Mississippi State, weren't they, like, a power run team before That's Mike the Leach thing. got there? They, they had an identity crisis, and, you know, Joe Moorhead, I think, was there for a year. They just... I believe in Mike Leach. The team, he just... Needs to they need to hit a reset button and he needs to get yeah. his own guys in there. And I mean, I'd give it a couple of years before we start talking about, you know, getting rid of him. I mean, after the first game after they blew out LSU, people were talking about them being you, you know, know air rates yeah. taking over the SEC, yeah. and this, then, that, and the third. Look at us now. And now everyone's, you know, kind of kind of flipped it on its head. But yeah. you know, it was I think that it's too early to call it. I think personally Mike Leach will be successful, but again, it's too early to call. I could go either way. So Florida, Georgia. Another game. Boy, George not, not actually talking about the band, I was going to say. Great yeah. band. Great um, concert. <laughs> Florida's man. playing Georgia at Georgia. So who do you guys think is going to win? I mean, it's number eight versus number five right now. And That's Georgia's one loss of the season is to us. Florida's mm-hmm. one loss of the season. Who did they lose to? Was it Texas A&M, A&M, I thought? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know we were talking about Clemson being without some guys on their uh, defense, but Georgia in this game is going to be missing Richard LeCount, who had a motorcycle accident, I believe. Thankfully, he's yeah he's, he's okay. okay. He's going to recover. But I think there's some other guys are missing, and 
you're missing your best player on defense, arguably your best player against the Florida offense, who's got Kadarius uh, Tony. You know, you got Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's hard to not pick Florida in this game. The army of tight ends, just of because I trust Florida's defense more than I trust Georgia's offense, and which has really struggled. They were able to put up like three points last week against Kentucky. I think it was fourteen to three. Yeah, which is just. Insane, because um, Kentucky's good, but they're not that good. Yeah, yeah, and I think Georgia, until they can, you know, get JT Daniels back, who you know is starting to recover from that ACL injury, mm-hmm. until they can get him back, I just don't think, um, offensively, they're going to be able to keep up with Florida. And also, want to just add the fact that Florida's defense last week, you know, albeit it was against Missouri, they looked a lot better, and I think that they have a plenty of studs. They actually, have Brenton Cox, defensive end, who's doing pretty well for them. He was, you know, transferred from Georgia, and so they've got a lot of studs on their defense. Yeah, so some other big games that are this week, well, at least ranked games, excuse me, uh, number 23, Michigan's playing number 13, Indiana. I thought that Michigan, I, w- I was really excited for Michigan after week one, and now I'm really not excited yeah, about just, Michigan after they got stomped by yeah. Michigan State. But Michigan-Michigan State games are always weird. Yeah, you know? it was a close Notably game, like, too. Notably, like, he has trouble with out. the snap and that one. Oh, um, my gosh. That was so fun to watch. Yeah, I watched that at, like, a Buffalo Wild Wings, actually. I was just getting dinner, and then that happened. Sponsorship? Uh, I Maybe? wish. Anyway. Please, God. Indiana actually looked pretty good. Um, Michael Penix, junior quarterback. Yeah, I think their two played, wins were kind of... They played Rutgers last week, right? Yeah, which... Rutgers. Yeah, that's one and one Rutgers. Yeah, no Rutgers isn't Rutgers. very good. And then when they beat Penn State the first week, that was kind of a wonky game. Um, I think Penn State, you know, had way more yards than them, just outplayed them. But just towards the end of the game, they kind of fell apart. So I don't know who you guys are taking in this game. I guess we'll get to that. I'll, I'm going to take Michigan. I think they bounce back this week against Indiana. I think they just, you know, are more well-rounded as a team. Yeah, one of our um, close friends is a Michigan and a Lions fan, and I don't think he can take any more heartbreak. So poor I'm guy. for Michigan as well. I'm just going to go with the upset and say Indiana because I <laughs> – The well, upset, Indiana's, they're number 13 ranked in Indiana's Michigan's 23rd. I mean, the thing is – what, what did you say? Indiana's favorite. Are they I mean, favorite? They're, yeah. they're, oh, in that yeah. case, I'm, I'm – I'm, Well, picking Indiana is a trendy pick just because Michigan lost last week and Indiana is undefeated right now. But, I mean, I guess it just – Really depends on how you look at it. I mean, I I view Michigan as a better program overall than Indiana. Um, I don't know much about Indiana. There's so not, like, yeah, there's really not much to it other than Michael I, Penix Jr. Their quarterback is pretty I, legit. But I want to see it. I want to see Indiana win because then the more losses that Michigan takes, the more likely Jim Harbaugh is to get fired, and I want him as a coach in the NFL. So. Because yeah, if he, he if he loses if he loses a job in college he's gonna go back to the NFL and it yeah. started off looking promising for him a couple years ago when he got there he was like he had a he had Najee Harris wearing Michigan gear and then Nick Saban flipped him and then we stole a couple other people and everyone kind of picked off the recruits that Michigan was gonna get yeah, and then they got like, pretty much nothing so they Michigan, look around they're like what happened oh, where where left. are all of our guys so you know he's not great at recruiting he's very good at coaching an NFL locker room. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I just want honestly, I wouldn't be mad if he was the next coach of the Broncos because Vic Fangio, very good defensive coordinator, awful decision maker, not good offensive coordinator. Yeah, I so I just I guess going off of that, do you think that he would make the jump from like right away from being a college head coach to NFL coach, or do you think he'd spend maybe a year as a defensive coordinator? Or he'd have offers. He'd have offers immediately. The dude's a Super Bowl coach. He didn't win, but he got him there. So. 
So, Pac, uh, Pac-12 is returning. Ah. That's exciting. Actually, already the Pac-12 game was already canceled. Well, actually. but <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I want to talk okay. about Liberty, okay. who's ranked number 25, undefeated. The Liberty Flames against unranked Virginia Tech. Who the heck is Liberty? Who the heck are They're you? They're in Virginia. I've never heard of Liberty before. They, You know, Antonio Gandy-Golden? No. Who's Wa- Washington football team legend? Yeah, nope. who's on the IR? No, but I just, this is an intriguing game because Liberty's ranked and Virginia Tech isn't. And I don't know. I just think Virginia Tech's going to blow them out of the water just because, you know, kind of similar to the Indiana-Michigan situation. Virginia Tech has, is just way more well-rounded than Liberty. I mean, it's not saying much, but the difference between being ranked 25 and being ranked just not at all, I feel like, isn't, isn't as drastic as you would think it is. I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. You know, I have no idea about either of these teams. Virginia Tech transitioned from being a triple option team to now being just mostly a triple option team. I mean, ah, that's yes. another one of the ones where they said they didn't want to do it anymore, but they just didn't have the personnel to not do it. Yeah. So they've looked, weren't they ranked at one point this year too? Yeah, they were. They have a good running game, too. So, so, I mean, yeah. Well, as, if you as run the triple option, the then yeah. Option and they, the problem is they just don't really have a quarterback that can throw the ball. Yeah. But their defense is pretty solid. And so I think that Virginia Tech actually is. I'm, I'm going to pick Liberty is 6-0, and but they play literally no one. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of like. Yeah, the Liberty Flames are hot right now, but I don't think they're hot enough to take down the Hokies. I like I like that. Um, I, t- I tried. I mean, might as well go with Virginia, uh, yeah, Virginia Tech. Because I know them. I know of Virginia Tech. I, I don't know of Liberty. Big rivalry matchup. Own. Yeah. <laughs> Both in the state of Virginia. Um, so, yeah. Like I said earlier, Pac-12 return. Already a game got canceled. Washington versus Cal. Uh, one of my closest buddies is... Man, you got a lot of friends. Yeah. I was talking about your friends. I have like show. three, but I'm I so just talk about the same ones. If I said their names all the time, you'd be like, oh, this is just the same guy. <laughs> you yeah, just say, I have a friend. But, well, yeah, so one of my friends from you. back home actually is uh, goes to Washington. So I'm a surrogate Washington fan. Kind of disappointed Huskies. we won't get to see the Huskies play this week. But Sad. I think the Pac-12 COVID protocol, normally I'm a fan of how they're handling things, right? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. They had one positive test, and because of contract tracing, they're like, oh, we have to cancel the game. That a single and guy test positive and everyone else tested negative. It's similar to the Big Ten. You know, you're joining the party late and you have these weird protocols, even though the SEC's got, I mean, obviously we're biased towards the SEC, but they have the right protocols in place, the right way to handle this. You know, I feel like I just, if all the other conferences were going off of that, isn't the ACC, their protocols are different too? I mean, I mean, you have to miss 10 days, I think, is the, is yeah. the ACC's ones because that's what happened to the Trevor SEC Lawrence. The SEC is, I just feel like, you do your quarantining and then they test you, test you, test you until you're good to go. That's the way it should be done. It's not like, you know, the Big Ten where you're out 21 days and the season's yeah. already, you know, rest already. Rest in peace, Graham Mertz. Yeah. Rest in yeah. peace, Washington, who had a very impressive win uh, led by Graham Mertz. And now, yeah, you know, they might not even be eligible to compete in the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Wow. That is rough. I don't know. I think that it's rather unfortunate the way that they're handling some of this i think that i'm all for safety but you know if players test negative let them play yeah so, i mean yeah. let the boys play like um that's what they all wanted that's why they threw fits like they knew the risks going into it so you establish rules that aren't too much but they're still safe which again 
the SEC did it well. You have to have three negative tests, and then you're clear to play. Yeah. But so I like that. So number 12, Oregon. I think they were the highest-ranked Pac-12 team coming into the season. They play Stanford. I think that Oregon, I mean, if anyone has a shot at making the college football playoffs as a Pac-12 team, I think it's got to be Oregon. I think it's a bit of a long shot, especially if, you know, they miss one game. Yeah. They, they literally have, in my mind, they have to go undefeated and also not miss any games. Well, the problem with Oregon is, you know, how doesn't matter how well they've done recruiting, doesn't matter how many superstars they have, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to have Penny Suo, their yeah. best offensive tackle in the country, top five pick. They're not going to have cornerback Thomas Graham or safety Javon Holland, or I think linebacker safety hybrid Brady Breeze. All those guys opted out. You know, thankful for, Thankfully for them, they have uh, Diomodor Lenore, who opted out originally. He's a corner and opted back in. Has a 76.1 pro football focus uh, grade as a cornerback in the Pac-12. Pretty so good. that's huge for them. But, you know, had they had all these guys, Graham, Holland, and Lenore, that, I mean, that secondary is would have been absolutely insane. I mean, we saw how well what they did last year with it. I mean, but, you know, they, they still have... Kayvon Thibodeau on their defensive line, who's a beast. I mean, you still have got Michael Wright, um, who's another corner they had, who had an 82.7 pro football focus grade. So they've got a lot of dogs, but... And, I mean, Mark Cristobal is an amazing head yeah. coach, but I just... I don't know. And then, obviously, Justin Herbert's gone. You know, you have Tyler Shaw, who's a five-star, but he's you guys got some big shoes to fill. I mean, they're playing Stanford. I don't... I don't... You know... Uh, they're going to win out. I think that I don't see them having much trouble in the Pac-12, but you know, we keep going back to that question is is that enough to get you in the playoffs? I don't especially Hardly. I think like 10 games. I think you have to be near perfect. And like we showed that, you know, even if you win all your games in dominating fashion, you're still not going to move up, you know, a la Alabama and Clemson. It's not enough to just win convincingly versus not winning convincingly. You have to actually wait for someone to slip up. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think that there's not a a big chance of Oregon making it. I mean, it is what it is because, you know, Oregon, you know, they're pretty good, but, you know, they don't play anyone. It, it's a known fact that the, um, the the people who decide who gets into the college football playoff are pretty biased towards the SEC. That's true. I think they're the, have they, are they the only one that's had two different teams from the same conference make it since I think the playoff? so, yeah. Because we've had... Yeah. Or was Ohio State and Michigan State in it the same year? I don't think Michigan State... No, Michigan has, State's been Michigan in State it. made it the first year. Did they? The thing. They I got think it, shut out yeah, by Alabama. I think Ohio State and Michigan State were in it that year. But I anyway, think, yeah. regardless. So. Yeah. Uh, I, this is kind of a late ad, but I wanted to talk about uh, USC, who's ranked... I don't think they're ranked. I, I don't know. I can't remember if they're ranked or not. But they're playing um, Arizona State. And I think this could be a potential upset game. They're ranked 20, by the way. Okay, yeah, so they're ranked 20, and Arizona State's not ranked. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at this game earlier today, and, you know, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a quarterback duel between probably the two best quarterbacks in Pac-12. Um, yeah, I Jayden really like Daniel, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels for Arizona State and um, Keaton Slovis for USC. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I just feel like Arizona State with Herm Edwards, I trust more than... Who, who is Todd? Who's I can't remember the coach for USC, but I, I Todd Todd Helton, I think it is, or Clay Helton, Clay Helton. Right? Yeah, it's Clay Helton. Okay, I trust 
Herm Edwards way more than I trust Clay Helton. And Arizona State, they've got some dogs on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think this could be a big upset the first weekend. And it's an 11. One thing I want to talk about the Pac-12 is it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. It's 9 a.m. in their time. Yeah, and they're used to playing like, you know, Pac-12 after dark games. Yeah. I don't know. I I really like Jaden Daniels, and I think that, I mean, he also earned some personal affection from me as a fan after he upset Oregon last year to potentially keep Alabama's hopes of making the playoffs alive, and then we lost to Auburn. So yeah, didn't which matter. didn't really matter. But, <laughs> um, I mean, he's shown that he can show up in big games. I mean, he was really good. He's another mobile quarterback that, you know, not traditionally big guy, right? I don't think he's like a huge I think, quarterback. And uh, I think I mean, he's I like six four. I'm not gonna lie. Am, to you. am I really? Am I really that? I think off? he might, I might be, be off. thinking of the wrong guy. But <laughs> but anyway, no, I I do like Jane Daniels a lot. Oh yeah, he's six three. So just yeah. disregard everything I've he's, ever said about yeah. Just ever. just don't. You're in you're in timeout. No, I'm kidding. You're not I am in timeout. But he's only 19 years old, and he's already showed that he can be you know a game winning quarterback on when it matters. And so I don't think that USC is like a world beater at all. I think yeah. them beating Oregon was a lot more yeah. upset last year. <laughs> I mean, USC kind of falls in that category of the Notre Dames and the Texas. The Texas is the, we're, they're back. We're back. And then they're not. You look at the results of the end of the year and you're kind of scratching your head like. Should have been Alabama beating USC. But Texas will never be back. I don't know about that. But anyway, so now, I kind of. Oh, you got Sorry, I did have something. So I went ahead and looked up the selections by year for the. Um, what is it called? Um, the college football playoffs. Yes, for the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. There have been two Pac-12 teams selected. Was that Oregon and... Well, no, no, no. In the same year, though? Not in the, Never in the same That's year. That's what I was talking about. No, we were yeah. talking about the same year. But Michigan State was not in the same year as Ohio. Okay, so it's okay. just SEC so it in the same just, year. It was That's, just the yeah. SEC. Because it was Washington and Oregon that have been in. Yes, the yeah, Washington Huskies have been in once. Oregon, Oregon was in beat them down. Um, yeah, Florida State was in. No, Oregon beat Florida State. And then they lost to Ohio. Yeah, State. they lost to Auburn. Was, oh, really? Was. Okay. Yeah, they lost to Ohio State after. I don't know why. I the Jameis Winston oh, Mariota duel. But anyway, Whew, I was, here I, for some reason it's always in my mind that Florida State won that year. But anyway, it, it is what it is. I want to talk about the NFL trade line, some trade deadline. Something this that was I know a thing. <laughs> a little bit more about Hardly. than college football. Apparently, nothing really happened. I mean, the biggest things that happened were Quan Alexander of the 49ers got traded to the Saints. That was and like big. Why? <laughs> and Desmond King got from the Chargers got traded to the Titans for like a sixth round pick. Yeah, because they were looking to shop him, and like he's a veteran. And yeah, the I mean, were like, he's only twenty five yeah, years it's good old. Good value. And oh yeah, it's great I, value. The Quan Alexander trade. I think it's they literally almost lost the week before because Demario Davis, great linebacker, not a great coverer. Yeah, and he almost a, gave up. He gave up like a pass interference call in the end zone and almost got burnt on another touchdown. He's a and, run stopper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so adding Quan Alexander, who wasn't getting playtime anyway, because the 49ers already had two running backs that were playing or, over linebackers. Two linebackers, yeah. excuse me. That I hope they didn't over. have running backs playing over. I him. mean, they, they have don't have too running, many. They have enough running backs <laughs> that they might. They don't have uh, too many these days. Well, so. I was like, they they have what two right now? Because Wilson. oh, Wilson's on IR. Uh, Mostert's on IR. Hasty yeah, and uh, it's Jamichael Hasty and Jerick McKinnon. Is Jerick McKinnon Tevin actually Coleman, not I think. out? Tevin, Tevin Coleman came out. back and got hurt. He's he done got that hurt. Twice he now. got hurt within like. Fun fact: He's done that like twice quarter? this year. Actually, I don't think that's too fun for him. Hurt uh, immediately. immediately. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. But there's one that I want to talk about, and it's it's actually something that didn't happen. This is why I said this was a whole thing. Okay. 
the Texans and the Packers. Yes. Okay. Packers. It is known the Packers need a new receiver. It is known the Packers need help. It is known that Aaron Rodgers need weapons. It is known that the Texans were willing to trade away those guys. It is known that they offered a trade to the Packers. It is also now known that the Packers decided they didn't want any more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, that's not exactly true. The Texans wanted a second-round pick for Will Fuller, which just wasn't going to happen. The Packers offered a fourth. And it's like... Can they meet in the middle? I mean, I can see a third third for Will Fuller. A third is basically a wash, though, because you're going to get a third from him signing somewhere anyway with like the comp picks. So... I don't know, but I think that it's it was really funny seeing the gymnastics of people going from, oh, the Packers desperately need this trade, and then as soon as they didn't make the trade, everyone was like, oh, Alan Lazard is good enough when he comes back from injury, so it's fine. No, there's no way that people were that dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, people are just rationalizing it, but I think Alan me? Lazard is an okay receiver. I don't think he's nearly as good as I mean, Will Fuller. Here's the thing. Alan Lazard is not as good as Will Fuller because Will Fuller is a combination of fast, and he's got good enough hands. So like, you know... Before he was getting, you know, 12 targets a game, he was um, a guy that was, he breaks one big catch off and just gets a bunch of like little small ones. He had five targets a game kind of guy. Now Deshaun Watson doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins to just lug the ball to. So he's getting a bunch of targets, really inflates his value. But Alan Lazard is so slow. The man has the speed of a tight end, but he's got the hands of. You know, it's like he's got glue Slightly on his hands. better tight end. Does Green Bay really need another receiver? I'm looking at this uh, Devontae Adams stats right now. He's got 500 yards yeah. and seven touchdowns. Because mm-hmm. he can't throw to anyone else. Like, he just but he you, only throws it if to you, Adams. If you, I mean, Lazard's on the IR, right? He's uh, yeah. yeah. To be activated if you have Devontae Adams, who's healthy and, you know, putting up ungodly numbers, and then you have Lazard and a couple other guys, I mean, that's more than a lot of other teams in the NFL have. I mean, but, yes, but at the same time, it's... You know, Alan Lazard has been injured at least. I know he's been injured once this year. Was he injured twice? No, I think it was the same. Injury. Was it just? Was it just yeah. the same but injury? I just, I think, I don't think if you have Devontae Adams doing what he's doing, I don't think it's really necessary know. to give up a second round pick for Will Fuller when you could probably draft a receiver this year. Do you remember? Kobe Bryant, deep. when the Lakers weren't great, how every night he'd go out and put up like 50 and then the Lakers mm-hmm. would lose. Yes. It's kind of like that yes, in my I mind. Do. It's when they play good teams that can exploit that. Devontae Adams is going to get his, but you have no one else you need to worry yes. about, so it doesn't you, matter. You just have three dudes watching him, and then Marquez I mean, Valdez-Scantling is going to drop the pass. You look, the Vikings won this week because Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or excuse me, it was Equinamia St. Brown, but he dropped two passes on third and fourth down for first downs that he could have caught, and then, I mean... Uh, Devonte Adams had three touchdowns in like 150 yeah. yards, <laughs> but they still lost because he was the only one who had any yeah. touchdowns. And like Robert Tanyan is a good red zone, Tanyan. like he's a, he's an end zone target. If you're on the if target. you're on if you're on the five, you just dump it to him. And that's what you do because he's you know he'll slip out and yeah. get open real quick. But I mean, outside of that, that's that's his value. Like, Aaron, Aaron Jones is back tonight, and the game's about. Well, to they've start had a good running minutes. game though. Well, I mean, they have. Their they're running backs always produce good numbers. Jamal Williams always goes out there and will get you 70 yards and a touchdown. I mean, my fantasy team thanks him because... Mine too. I mean, dude, my let me tell you about my fantasy team after this, but regardless, <laughs> their, their run game is good. Their offensive line is half-decent. Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. A bad man. He's a bad man. But um, And I just think he needs more targets for receivers because then... You can't have a situation where Devontae Adams has three touchdowns and 170 yards, but that's the 
offense. Yeah. You know, and if you notice, Aaron Rodgers <coughs> won Super Bowls when he had, mul- he won a Super Bowl when he had multiple guys to throw to. Yeah, Jordy and Nelson, since Greg then, Jennings. He hasn't had multiple people to throw to. He's only ever had Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams. And occasionally he had, you know, dinosaur Jimmy Graham or, you know, aged Mercedes Lewis. And like, Mercedes, like, wasn't Mercedes Lewis the only first round pick he's ever thrown a touchdown to? Yeah, I think that was his stat. <laughs> yeah. like, that is all the help this man has had. Come on. Give him some help. Please. No, nah, I'm fine with it. Stop just Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm not even a Packers fan. I just, as an organization, you're failing Aaron Rodgers. You have got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you're just not even giving him the help that he needs. Yeah. Brady, by his own admission, has said that if Aaron Rodgers was in uh, New England, with Bill Belichick, he would have averaged, or he would have put up 7,000 yards multiple times in a single season. The record currently being, what, 5,500? Something like that. Which, I mean, Dak Prescott was on pace to break that record before he got hurt. Yes. It's, like, it, it's just insane how little they've done to help Aaron Rodgers. And you know what they drafted last year in the first round? A guy that might not be good enough to a, even be a backup. So, some other stuff that didn't happen, I mean... Dwayne Haskins didn't get traded, which the Washington <laughs> football team had maybe the most 4,000 IQ trade strategy I've ever heard of. Publicly say that this guy is bad. Publicly say that this guy has a bad attitude. And then it was like, okay, anyone want anyone want to come <laughs> trade us picks to get him? Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. Ryan Kerrigan didn't get traded either. Which he I think it's he just about him. value. You know, I think they kind of put their feelers out there and, um, Similar to a couple other trades, we we only really saw like sixth and seventh round picks yeah, for guys. Like you'll probably get a higher. So, yeah, if you wait till the end of the year. Um, also with Kerrigan, you know he's been there for a while, so I don't think he wants to leave. So they're not willing to deal him unless it's you know could it well, really be favorable for them. I thought the whole Kerrigan trade thing came out because he said he wanted to leave. I thought it was because he was nah, like, not it's just happy a smokescreen. I think you know we always see that guys. Smokescreen, except for Will Fuller who actually tweeted like (laughs) the little kid waiting there but i i just think most of the time it's just you know rumors about guys getting traded and then the guys come out they're like god don't know where this came from uh yeah yeah and then the last kind of trade that happened that was of any significance uh miami traded a wide receiver to isaiah ford yeah for like a seventh round pick but that that's really nothing carlos dunlap of the bengals got traded to seattle in seattle's quest for literally anyone breathing that can play pass rush yeah (laughs) play pass rush because they have no pass rushers right now like either like why didn't they just spend the money on Clowney? because they tried to but like there was a way they could have worked it out where they were like hey we can do this but Clowney, i think like they offered Clowney the money he wanted, but Clowney yeah. dipped. Had well, already been. They also like, got Jamal Adams, and then so then well, they're kind of yeah. sh- like. Well, that's the thing. They, like they couldn't pay they him that much. Got Jamal Adams, and then like by use of a bunch of exemptions, had enough money to sign Jadavian Clowney. But they were trying to sign him for a little bit less than he wanted. Yeah. And then the Titans got him, and it looks like it honestly wouldn't have benefited the Seahawks that much because what Clowney has one sack on the year. He's yeah. never been a sack guy, though. He's always been like a run stuffing. Yeah. Which is, I think that's the problem. He wanted to get paid premier pass rushing money, but he's not a premier pass rusher. He's a premier edge defender. Like he can yeah. stop the run and he can get pressures, but he doesn't have like the big sack know, numbers, which is what you're looking for yeah. when you're going to pay a guy like that. Yeah. And there's there is a, a, shrink, a shrinking margin in the league for run stoppers. Yeah. I mean, and you 
I think the best run stoppers in the league are just the big beefy boys in the middle. Yeah. Snacks Harrison, who the Seahawks actually well, have on their practice because he's also a pass rusher as well as being a he's stuffer. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher yeah. Cox is a good uh, D tackle. Uh, DJ Reader for the Bengals. He's really good yeah. at run stopping. Geno Atkins. Um, I don't know if he's played much this year. He's at all. Like Ron Payne for Washington. Yeah, yeah I mean, Ron Payne. There, there isn't too many. I mean, who's the guy on the Vikings that? Oh, Michael Pierce. Yeah, Michael, Michael Pierce. Pierce is an animal run stopper. <laughs> so, I think we should take this time to transition to a different sport. Yeah, baseball. It just uh, ended baseball. last week. We talked about the World I Series. But they are, you know, they're going to start getting into their off-season awards. And so we're going to go through these, kind of talk about them a little bit, and then give our picks um, on who we think is going to win. So the NL MVP finalists are Betts, Freeman, and Machado. I think you can automatically I just it's dis- discount Machado. You yeah. think it's Freeman? I think for sure. I mean, Betts would be if you counted the postseason in, but I think it's I just it I, you can't tell me they don't can take that into consideration. They shouldn't. And also, it's just a, the storyline about about Mookie Betts being a high-profile player, mm-hmm. him getting traded from Boston mm-hmm. and, you know, winning World Series, I think winning MVP, I think it's the storyline. MVPs are notoriously a storyline thing. Yeah. Because and it's, it's not Saying that yeah. Freddie Freeman's storyline isn't great, but it's like he doesn't carry the. It doesn't. It's not the same the kind of storyline because yeah. if you know, perfect example, the NBA, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant leaves. Russell Westbrook goes out, averages a triple double, yeah, gets MVP, and then does next two years season. averages a triple double again, not even in the in the final three. So it's it's literally all about storylines and, and circumstance, and I don't know much about Freddie Freeman, but I know the story of Mookie Betts, and yeah. so as a story. It's going to have to go to Mookie because it's a combination of a popularity contest and also a a story contest. And also, I will say, Manny Machado owes someone. I don't remember which city. There's some. There's a fan in a city that yep, Manny Machado that owes. It was the Dodgers. Was, was it the Dodgers? Yeah. He owns. A, he owes him that game salary or whatever it was. Yeah. That video of him yeah. saying, "We'll win a World Series before they do." That, okay, Manny. Yeah. And that was very wrong, but it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's dumb that postseason is being counted at all because it's the regular season MVP. It's not yeah. the. I mean, that's just me saying I think they take that into consideration because it's I mean, hard not to. I mean, even well, though they're not supposed to, but. I mean, with postseason, it just goes to. It will. Stereotypically, it would go to the finals every MVP every year, but the finals MVP for Dodgers was. Corey Seeger? Yeah, it was Corey yeah. Seeger. And I thought it was going to be Mookie Betts, as did a lot of people. Yeah, which just makes it more even likely that Mookie Betts is going to get the. Uh, sorry, I just blanked for the MVP. Just I mean, blanked for like, a second. That's why I prefer it to be. It's regular season MVP. You don't talk about postseason, and then you have you can have a postseason MVP, which is just the Finals MVP because that's yeah. what it is. I, Except for like the case of Andre Iguodala in the 2015 NBA Finals when he won MVP because he held LeBron to what 20 points in Game Six. Yeah. Regardless, on to the AL MVP. I know none of these guys. <laughs> So that seems to be a common trend in baseball. Yep. Um, Jose Abreu. Uh, Abreu. DJ Lemayhu. We can just. LeMahieu I think Jose for Ramirez. this one, Jose Ramirez. It's gonna be. I'd say Jose Abreu. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you think, Tyler? Uh, or Ramirez? I don't think it'll be Lemayhu. Yeah, I think Lemayhu is definitely the farther shot. Ramirez is getting some hype towards the end of the year. I know, but I think Abreu's probably got it. He was the favorite for most of the time. And none of these guys really did anything in the playoffs, so this one isn't as much of a playoffs, like, contending into it. Yeah. 
I mean, if anyone, LeMayu probably got the biggest boost from the playoffs, but I don't know. I'd probably go with Jose Abreu just because the White Sox well overperformed what I thought they were going to perform. I mean, obviously not you, Joe. You're a you were a true believer of the White Sox. Yeah, they had the the lineup. It was just the pitching. I mean, they had solid pitchers too, but they couldn't. Their back end of the pitching wasn't very great. Solid. Couldn't get it down at the end. Yeah, and um, so we both we we agree, Jose Abreu, and then we'll be quick with the NL Cy Youngs and AL because I feel like it's yeah kind of a no brainer. I think Trevor Bauer. Um, for uh, excuse me, the Cincinnati Reds. I think mm-hmm. he wins for the NL over U Darvish, U Darvish and Degrom, and then for the AL Cy Young, um, Shane Bieber for the Indians wins over Kinsaleda and the Twins and Hyun Jin Ryu for the Blue Jays. So you're yeah. telling me Bieber fever is alive again? Bieber fever is very much alive. <laughs> I think it's interesting that I didn't even realize you Darvish was having such a good season. Jacob DeGrom's like a perennial Cy Young winner. Like he always pretty much wills the Mets to being good. So that I definitely get. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any like controversy there. I think it's pretty clear cut who's going to win. And then rookie of the year you have for AL, you have uh, Christi, Christian Javier, Kyle Lewis, or Luis Robert. Um, I don't know. Probably Robert, I would guess. Yeah. Like he's had an incredible year and, been very good i don't know much about the other two guys but i think you know the white Sox. we talked i mentioned their powerful lineup i think you know it's hard to go against a guy who's i don't know what his batting average was but he was absolutely hitting bombs for them and then i know uh last thing we want to talk about is manager of the year which is you know all these awards i want to add are going to be given out next week i think manager of the year is november 9th Mm -hmm. and then the rest of them kind of towards the end of the week but um, for the National League, uh, Don Mattingly in the Marlins, David Ross the Cubs, and uh, Jace Tingler of the Padres. And this is just a weird list considering the fact that, you know, you would think Dave Roberts for the Dodgers, who won the World Series, and then Brian Snicker for the Braves were left out. And uh, they voters instead kind of favored first-time skippers. And obviously Don Mattingly's been around for yeah. a while. Uh, but David Ross, a former player for the Cubs, and Jace Tingler for the Padres. Who are you going for? Honestly, I might. I might. Mattingly. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I would go for Mattingly just because of the vast improvement of the Marlins this year, considering they were like a joke last year, and then they were a playoff team this year. So I think that just how much they've seemed to turn it around in one year. I mean, they weren't like a contender at all, but the fact that they were able to turn around from being like an absolute joke team. So here's my question. Manager of the year, does that include postseason or is it just regular season? They should all be regular season, but they're all like included postseason. I mean, I'm not a voter, so I don't know like if, you know, my conspiracy about them looking at the playoffs actually plays into effect, but I can tell you right now. From the naked eye, I would. The Rays manager does not even touch this conversation. What do you mean? The Rays were the number one seed in the AL. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we'll we'll move to the AL, AL managers. I think Mattingly gets it for the Marlins just because, yeah. you know, the surprise year they had. Um, for American League, Kevin Cash, the Rays, Charlie Montoya, Blue Jays, and Rick Renteria uh, of the White Sox. Yeah, you got to give it to Cash, even though he was a ball drop in that last game. But up until that point, up until that point, it was really good. But I don't like, think you factor in a team being like a non-playoff team last year and going all the way to the first seed just because he made one bad decision in the eight. Like, and I mean, that was a really bad decision. Like 
that was stuff. That was a rough one. Yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was rough, but it was based on analytics, and that's how baseball is nowadays, and it doesn't make the decision but, right. But, you know, you can see just, why he would make the decision. And, yeah. You just got to go with the eye also, test, that's, man. That's like saying that Pete Carroll isn't a good coach because he, you know, passed on the one-yard line. I mean, he made an awful mistake in the worst game. People are going to remember it. But if it worked out, people are going to be like, oh, that was a great decision. You 10,000 IQ'd it. I mean, here's the thing. That's the that's the point. Like, you take a risk every time. I don't think Pete Carroll's a bad coach. I don't think Kevin Cash is a bad manager. I just think that if Pete Carroll was up for coach of the year that year, he wasn't going to win it because, you know, if it was a postseason-included voting experience, yeah. then he wouldn't get it because he cost his team the Super but Bowl. But you're also conveniently leaving out the fact that the Blue Jays and the White Sox didn't do nearly as well as the Rays did in the playoffs. The Rays made it to the yeah. World Series, and they made it to Game 6 of the World Series against mm-hmm. the team that was wildly you know, favored going in, I yeah. think. And so I think that that's like saying that you wouldn't vote for Pete Carroll for Coach of the Year because he made to the Super Bowl. It's it's the LeBron argument, right? Yeah. Where it's better to not make the Super Bowl at all instead of making it and then losing. I mean, it 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 is. Yeah, it's tough. And I know a lot of Rays fans are, are probably kind of feel similar to you, but just the fact that he got them to the World Series with, you know, they didn't really have much. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then again, how much of that success can you attest to Randy or Rosarina, who was setting records every time he hit a baseball? I mean, in the, in the, the playoffs, player, he though. was, but they also were the one seed in the regular season as well. And Randy or Rosarina didn't come alive until the playoffs. So I think that, you know, I mean, I personally, I would go with Cash. I yeah, that. me too. And I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens next week when they they uh, wrap up all these awards. That's all we have for tonight. Yep. Episode. Yeah. Uh, Nine. nine. Episode nine. Yeah. The Super Sports Flash. Every time every, I think about yeah. the episode, I'm I like... forget every week. Is awesome. Yep. We can say that's a common theme. Like, we try to do it, but yeah, we're just part forgetful. Of all right. Thank you for listening. I'm yeah. Joe Thanks Will. I'm Tyler Shipman. I'm Matt Nash, and we'll see you all on the next episode of the Super Sports Flash. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.